Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Jesus, we glorify you. We worship you tonight. We worship you. Just go ahead and lift up your hands. Lift up your voices to him tonight. We glorify you, Father. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. What's he talking about? The foundational truths. And when it says, therefore, leaving the principles, he's not talking about leaving them behind. We could say it more so, leaving them in place. Laying them down as foundational in your understanding, your knowledge of the Word. Therefore, leaving those principles of the doctrine in place as foundational truths, let us go on or advance unto perfection, or that means maturity, spiritual maturity. Not laying again the foundation. Now see, if we'd have left those in place, we don't have to lay them, that foundation again. Not laying again the foundation of, and then he goes on and talks about these principles of the doctrine of Christ. It says the first one, not laying again, number one, the foundation of repentance from dead works. Number one, of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, plural, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So six things listed here. But one of those we see is the doctrine of the laying on of hands. That's a ministry. A ministry of laying on of hands. Not everyone has that. Now we're told, uh, <clears throat> we're told all believers, it's instructed, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So that is a common instruction given to all of God's people. But this is talking about a ministry of laying on of hands. And that under that ministry of the laying on of hands, different things can happen. healing can happen absolutely but there are other things that can happen and uh, one of those is really what we could look at in Romans chapter 1 verse 11 when Paul was writing he said I long to see you that I may impart how's he going to impart well that I may impart something spiritual something that you're going to need in your spiritual toolbox. (laughs) Impart something to the end that you may be established. So it's going to help you reach where you're going and bear fruit where you're headed. And that's what we did with being in Dad Hagen's meetings. We caught something. Something went in us and 
you can impart by, I, I love when in reading John Wesley's commentary on that verse, he said this impartation can happen in several ways. It can happen through the preaching, teaching of the word. It can happen through private conversation. It can happen through the laying on of hands. Amen. So is it correct to lay hands on people for certain things? I remember, uh, you can be seated if you would. I remember years ago when I was in a meeting and um, someone else was ministering and uh, there was somebody sitting on the front row that I knew and they sat me by her, but her name was Rachel Tiffatiller. And for those of you who don't know, she was just a woman who was skilled in prayer, <laughs> highly skilled. <clears throat> and they were preaching and somebody else was preaching and uh, then we had some time when we were praying together and I was just sitting there by her and she reached over and put her hand on my belly. And for four days, it was so tangible. I wasn't uh, and it was a, a, a place in prayer that I hadn't gotten to on my own. But I was, if I could say this, I was uh, partaking of her place. I don't know how to say it other than that. And it was imparted. That place was imparted. Why? To taste. To taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good because once you taste it, you want more of it. And if you don't taste it, you don't know what's, what, what, what you're being okay with. <laughs> and people would say, well, there's no scripture to lay hands as she did on you and something happened and transpired. Well, uh, first of all, we have two scriptures I just gave you. Romans 1, verse 11, so I long to see you that I may impart. It didn't say that he had to be preaching to impart. She didn't have to be preaching to impart. She just had to be further ahead than I was. More advanced than I was. And under the unction of the Spirit, she didn't lay hands on anybody else that night. They didn't ask her to come up and lay hands. She just did that at the leading of the Spirit. And I was told later what she said in the back room to somebody else that she knew and why she laid hands on me. And it was, it, it, she, she basically said toward the end of, toward the end of her life, uh, let me think of the, word, the wording, uh, in the latter years of her life, uh, the keenness of the spirit, the place in the spirit she was talking about. But see, something was imparted back then that would establish me for where I hadn't arrived yet. And that way, she's not here today. So I carried, if I could say this, this unwrapped package <laughs> that was imparted for the time it's called for. God is such a genius. <laughs> And, uh, for example, my husband, <clears throat> um, I noticed the last two to three years of his life, 
nearly every service we were in preaching in somebody else's, let me say this, nearly every series of meetings, not every service, because <clears throat> we would be in multiple churches a month. And in every location we went to, he would pull me out and lay hands on me. I noticed the, uh, the consistency of that. And I put my antenna up and I say, what's this all about? <clears throat> and so, uh, if you're a minister, if you were in the, in the situation of my husband, he could have said, well, she's my wife. Why do I need to keep laying hands on? Why? I just did it the last location and the next, you know, and he could have reasoned it out. But <clears throat> there's impartations that are needed. What was God doing? Well, no doubt one of the things he was doing, he was downloading. So that what was in Ed could be uh, still in manifestation when he's not here through another vessel. The 1971, when God told my husband, my husband was serving in the local church. He got saved in a full gospel church and that day he asked the pastor the day he got saved he says I've been serving the devil all these years now what now that I belong to God what can I do for God and he said well we don't have anyone to clean the toilets and and Ed said that's my ministry I can do that and he did that and he kept advancing he advanced to door greeter and I guarantee you with the enthusiasm that Ed had they were greeted He was so thrilled about the things of God. And uh, then he was asked to be a deacon. He was the foreman that helped build their new building. And one day in the process, he was finishing up that building. And while he was doing that, somebody handed him a brochure inviting him to attend uh, the Full Gospel Businessmen's World Convention in Denver, Colorado, 1971. And when they handed that to him, God spoke to him and said, I want you to go to that. And he said, God, I don't have any money. And God spoke to him and said, sell your house. Think of that, sell your house. God thought that was a good transaction. Natural man would think, I'm not selling my house to attend meetings. <laughs> but it's not just an attending of a meeting. There's a divine transaction that's going to happen that he can't miss. So Ed put, I mean, you don't do something like that unless God tells you, but if he tells you to, and it's a dramatic instruction. It must be something dramatic on the other end of that instruction. Dramatic to your life, dramatic to your future. And so Ed put his house on the market and it sold in one day. He had 30 days from the time he received the brochure to the time of the meetings. So in one day that house sold and he had the money for the trip. And he got there. And he heard for the first time the word of faith message preached. And he heard for the first time three men, John Osteen, 
Kenneth Copeland, and Kenneth Hagan. He had never heard of them before. In that set of meetings before, in between services, to make a long story short, the healing anointing came into Ed's hand. Jesus walked into the room and put a healing anointing in his hand. Don't you think that was worth the sale of a house? <clears throat> yeah. But God spoke to Ed and said, when he heard Kenneth Hagin preach, he said, this is the reason I brought you. He said, he is to be a voice into your life because if you will obey me, he said, one day you'll walk in the same type flow. Same type, same office. He wasn't saying he was taking his place, but he was saying there were similarities. And so he said, and stay connected the rest of your life. When God connects you, it's at his instruction and we are not authorized to disconnect what he connects. He's the only one authorized. The only one author, the one who made the connection is the one, only one authorized to disconnect it. We're not authorized. And so we would go to Dad Hagen meetings and in all honesty, I'm going to have to say maybe there was one time, but I don't remember that time. But I'm just giving myself a little bit of you know, room in case I don't remember one. But Dad Hagen would somehow call Ed out, have him to come up and say something. There was always a recognition that would happen because my Dad Hagen recognized the similarities. And that's, that Ed was not just attending, he was receiving for where he's headed. And uh, time and time again, Dad Hagen would lay hands on, on Ed, lay hands on both of us at times, but especially on Ed. And the last time that happened, Dad Hagen said to Ed, he said, you've got everything you need. Ed went back to the hotel room and he had a, a little bit of a discussion with God. He said, God, I don't have everything I need. There's always more. So what did he mean I have everything I need when I know there's more that I need? And God said, you got everything you need from him. All that was intended by heaven for you to receive, Ed had to be present enough around him to receive all of those times over the years. And I've recognized ministers who understand the law of impartation and those who don't know anything about it because many times you can just recognize that something seems to be not as weighty as it should be. It's missing something. It's the same thing with in a measure, you can really see this as a pastor with the congregation members, those who are very present and uh, drawing in a service. There is something that goes into them. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. 
not, doesn't have to be through the laying on of hands, but the preaching of the word. And there's a, there's a weightiness to them. They're anchored. When the storms and the difficulties of life show up, they just are so stable. They're fixed. Why? Because they received something more than words. They received impartations through their pastor. This is one of the things that Brother Joel was talking about this morning. There's something with proximity that thank God that we can watch things uh, via live stream or on different social platforms, but they don't carry the proximity the same. Paul said, I long to see you. He didn't say, I long for you to see me. Social media only allows you to see me. I don't get to see you. And this is what Paul said. I long to see you. That speaks of proximity. And I know not everyone can be in just every meeting. I know that. So I'm not saying that. I'm talking about an understanding that we have to, we have to move into. And like Brother Joel was saying, I believe in the first morning of services, he said, uh, you can receive what God has for you in the service. Talked about watching by live stream, but he said if God told you to be here, you'd get more by being here than by being at home watching. Well, it's the same thing. God can deal with you about coming to a church service, being in a meeting like this, but if people don't draw... You know, we can be where we're supposed to be, but how are we there? How are we there? Because that will determine our response to what goes forth will determine what comes in. So I'm, I'm, what I'm talking about is not just for ministers. Paul wasn't even speaking to ministers when he said in Romans 1 verse 11, I long to see you that I may impart. Amen. He was talking to the body of Christ. And um, so when, when my husband and I would spend whatever we had to spend, set aside anything on our calendar that needed to be set aside to get where Dad Hagen was, it wasn't just about getting to be around the man. It was being positioned to receive the impartations through the man. It's worth all the cost. Worth, worth any inconvenience. Amen. Because you don't know where you, you don't know all that your race holds, but God does. And He will equip us in services for places we haven't arrived at yet. Because God always puts your answer, your help, and your equipment in you before you need it. Why? Because he's the head, not he makes us the head, not the tail. We're in front of things. We're not behind things. The head's in front of the tail. You look at an animal, the head is in front of the tail, unless you've got a special animal. God keeps us in front of things. We're not, we're not the devil's uh, cleanup crew that he goes in and wrecks our life and we just go in behind what he does and clean up the mess. That's not, that's not our role. And um, 
So that's why we did whatever we had to do to get to where God told us we were to be hooked up. Now, when God said to Dad Hagen in 1971, excuse me, when God said to my husband in 1971 regarding Dad Hagen, that this is to be your spiritual father. And can I say this? Don't use terms the Bible doesn't use. Train yourself, ministers, to use scriptural terminology so you don't confuse people and pick up worldly phrases. Because the world calls people that are, they call them mentors or life coaches. I'm not called to be a life coach. It's a, we, we need to learn Bible terminology, scriptural terminology. Scriptural terminology, not to be religious, but to help, help accuracy. Because what you might be thinking a life coach is, somebody else might be thinking differently, and you say one term and it means something different to different people. So we go back to the Word. So th- that's just for free right there. I just, that's just a little extra dipping sauce on the side. But. God will hook you up. And congregation members, your pastor is your hookup. Amen. And so we come to receive, yes, the word, but um, when you hear your pastor preach, when you hear a minister preach that God has told you to to make sure you're receiving from, um you're not just going to receive what they say, you're going to to perceive things that are even unsaid. If you're listening. (laughs) If you're listening. Hallelujah. And so I, I can tell the difference when someone has received impartations and when they haven't, just like a pastor can in their own congregation. When someone hasn't been real present, we don't earn something by our attendance. We receive something. And when the the emergencies of life come and people have not received impartations, they flounder. They're not sure-footed. And so it's so important that we receive these impartations. And to the extension of a ministry, some will not fulfill what they're born for unless they get those impartations. No matter how called they are. Amen. We got around Dad Hagen for so many reasons, but number one, God told us to but also because he had the word in his mouth for us that directed us. Now, let me say this as a, another dipping sauce, side dish. Somebody asked, Dad Hagen was there preaching at a pastor's church. Before the service, they were both back in the pastor's office, and the pastor had um, Christian TV, some some channel on, this was years ago, had some Christian channel on and had the volume down, but just had it going in the background. 
And when Dad Hagen came in and they were sitting there talking, then a certain preacher came on the television and the pastor said, Dad, I need to ask you something. He said, this man, he preaches a good word. He says, I've listened to him. It's a very good word. It's accurate. It's correct. But he said, um, when I watch him and I listen to him, it seems like something is kind of removed. I mean... Kind of like it's a little dead toward. It doesn't, nothing really lands in me. But it's, it, it's, it, it's, he said, his word is good. He said to dad, he said, is there something wrong with me? Or is there something wrong with him? Why is that? Dad Hagen said, neither one. There's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with him. God hasn't joined him as a voice in your life. Know who God has put as a voice in your life and get where they're at. Why? Because when there's a voice in your life, there's words for your life. Through sermons, through fellowship, through all kinds of different things to receive impartations. Don't just receive from any old body anywhere. I I honor... Everyone's supply that God raises up. It's not a, it's not a preference thing. It's, an, it's a divine assignment, a divine joining. And God does join people together for His purpose, specifically. Pastor Jay made reference to it when, when Moses... Well, Aaron was part of connected to Moses. What about... Uh, Paul and Barnabas, a divine, a divine uh, connection. And when Barnabas decided to disconnect because he determined something was going to be his way, we never heard of him again. Never heard of him again. The Holy Ghost never saw fit to record another thing he did. Although he did not backslide and go into the world, he kept on with the ministry. But because it wasn't in line with the connection, it wasn't recorded for our benefit. So hookups matter. Why? Because none of us are all that. Somebody knows God better than us, better than you. And God wants you receiving from them. You don't know your miracle could be connected to who you joined with or who you didn't. We, my husband used to say this all the time. It's life and death what church you attend. It's life and death. It's a matter of life and death. There was a lady that was in our church years ago that her and I were driving down the road in the car one day and she, she was telling me, I don't know how we got onto this subject, but she was telling me about one of her best friends years ago. She said in her mid-30s, she had young children. She said she attended a certain church, and she's a Christian woman. She believed, you know, she was trying to believe God for healing and stuff, and said she died in her mid-30s. And she said, this lady that was in the car with me said, when I get to heaven, the first question I'm going to ask Jesus is, why did my friend die? When she said that, the word of the Lord came to me and said, tell her she doesn't have to wait till she sees me. I'll answer it now. He said, because of the church she was in. They didn't teach her. 
my word about healing. Therefore, because Jesus was not honored as healer, people were not receiving healing. See, Jesus can only be in our life what we honor him to be. He isn't to us all he can, all he is. He is to us what we honor him to be. So he said she was simply in the wrong church that wasn't teaching her. So uh, it does matter that we're where God tells us to be because he sees ahead what your life calls for. He knows what voices you need, what impartations you need, and he knows who he will transmit those into your life through. And every single one of his, every single member of his body, he sets us somewhere. Congregation members, he sets you under a pastor. Pastors, he sets you under a pastor, so to speak. Someone to speak into your life. Amen. Do not ever decide that someone shouldn't be under someone. Because when God tells me to hook up with someone, I don't tell others, you need to hook up with who I hooked up with. Why? Because I didn't listen to someone else tell me who to hook up with. I don't tell somebody else who to hook up with. And God will tell you who to hook up with based on where you're going. God told me to hook up with who I'm to hook up based on where I'm going. But no one should decide who another should hook up with because you don't know what God said to them. Amen. Praise the Lord. God has people to hook up with different ones for different reasons, different purposes, different assignments. Based on what he has, what he holds in that plan. Um, With Jesus, how often we see that, of course, he had the disciples. They had multitudes around them. There there were times it was just the 12 disciples. Then there was time it was just three, Peter, James, and John. Jesus wasn't hanging out with his best buddies. He wasn't, he didn't have teacher's pets and favorites. He knew what the plan of God was for their life and they needed particular impartations to fulfill that plan. He wasn't showing preference. Amen. So God knows who has the answers for your plan that's going to help you identify what God has called you to accomplish. Now, Dad Hagen talked about, uh, I have a different sermon just in case you didn't know, notice. So I, I, just, I just love it when, when we, get, we get specialized treatment this way, right? But Dad Hagen was walking down the through one of the buildings at Rama. This was before they started Rama Church. And so there at Rama Bible Training Center, the students would attend different churches throughout the city. 
And one day, as Dad Hagen was, he tells the story, he was walking through one of the buildings and God spoke to him and he said, in, in, in essence, he said, you've gotten off my plan because you're counseling students. Uh, people on prayer lines that call in, you're counseling them. And Jesus said this. He said uh, they're to be counseled in their own sheepfold. See, there's a divine etiquette, there's a divine order. And he said, if they don't have a pastor, that is their problem. Even if they need healing, even if they have financial problems, their problem, the root of it, they don't have a pastor speaking into their life. So every single one of you, God knows who's to be your pastor because he knows what your life will call for. Well, you know, there's a good church down the street that preaches the word. I'll just go there. They may preach the word, but they, that doesn't mean they have the impartation for your life. So those who of us, those who need a miracle, hear from God where you're supposed to be and know you're hooked up where you're supposed to be hooked up because your miracle begins with the right hookup. It's a very vital element to any of us receiving our miracle. Um, so my husband, he would lay hands on me the last two years of his life. As I said, nearly every city we went into, and I noticed that. I noticed it. Because of being married almost 30 years, he would do it periodically. And he would do it at times when I was coming into a different phase of ministry or different room within the ministry, my ministry, my office. And uh, he would do it then. But I noticed I'm not coming into a new phase every, every city I go into. <laughs> so this is something different than just that. But then I started noticing that he called me out and he said, you're going to lay hands on those with heart conditions. And when you do, he said, angels will bring parts needed. Angels will adjust things. They will do any kind of work that calls for their assistance. And you say, well, I thought Jesus was a healer. You're saying angels are healers. I'm telling you that angels cooperate with healing power. They're, they're servants, messengers. They're, they're here to serve. And so Ed would call me out, and I thought when he said that, he said that which is ha that the way God's used me in that is you're, he's going to use you in that. And I go, okay, I noticed that. Then there was another one he called me out. Then there was a third one he called me out, and the same thing. And I go, God, something's up. Because in marriages, you usually don't duplicate. They each have their own particular place and role and assignment because then you've broadened what that couple can really effectively minister to. But I see, I said, I'm seeing duplication. So paying attention to impartation. And so then, of course, the day he went home to be with the Lord, I said, of course, everything falls in place because God's in front of everything. And those things 
are for the earth. They're not for heaven. They're left here on the earth. There are things that you're going to need while you're on this earth to fulfill the call. And there's someone that's going to help bring you into that. Help instruct you in that. Help. Uh, and, and, and it's not the person. See, you can't come up to somebody and say, I, lay hands on me for a double portion anointing because people will say that. I can't do that because God's the one who decides who, what's imparted and to who. All we just need to do is say, I'm going to go to church and get mine <laughs> because God has something for me that's particularly suited to my call. Because every single one of you have a call, not a, necessarily a five-fold office, but you're called to fulfill a place in His body. And people will say to me, in, in, in years gone by, they would say, you've seen, because see, when I married Ed, I didn't know, I'd never heard of five-fold ministry. I was, I was a scriptural Ill- illiterate. I didn't know anything, but I was able to advance. And uh, people would notice and say things about the advancement. Well, first of all, I married right, and my husband was critical to that. He was my Bible school. But not only that, my husband and I, we moved together to get to the places that could help us, that God could accelerate us because we got around the people who were, they were in front of us, so to speak. They were more advanced and uh, we would receive, if I could say this, acceleration because of who we got around. It matters who you get around. It matters who you hang out with in daily life. It matters who you bear your soul to, so to speak. These things matter. Because Paul said, he said, we, we, we imparted our souls to you. Meaning, the way I think goes in you. <laughs> Amen. So, just know this. I'm not just talking to ministers. I'm saying that every single one of us, uh, we can have the help of someone that God's hooked us up to, to receive. That doesn't mean you become best friends with somebody, with a pastor, that you have to get their personal attention. You don't. You just have to come hungry and draw. Whether your pastor ever acknowledges you or anything, it's not by personal attention. It's not, it doesn't come, impartations don't come through personal attention. Seeking to get around somebody. Just be where he tells you to be. And be there hungry. So God told this to my husband back in 1971 about hooking up with Dad Hagen. And when I met Ed, I was already hooked up with Dad Hagen. That's who I fed on. I attended his meetings and things. We did not have to have God tell us again. He didn't have to refresh that instruction in the year 1985 or the year 1997 or the year 2003. See, we didn't think just because he hadn't repeated it that he didn't mean it anymore. Meaning the last thing God said, he he means. The last place he told you to be, the, the pastor he told you to be under, the church he told you to be a part of. He, he means it. 
without having to repeat it. He means it. Uh, his preference doesn't change over time. So he told us, he told my husband back once in 1971 and Ed never changed or looked for someone new. And just because someone becomes popular doesn't mean that God has redirected our lives. Amen. We're not led by majority. Or popularity. We're led by the Spirit. Somebody said to me, I was doing an interview this uh, last week, I believe it was, and they said, Nancy, when you were, when your husband died, how did you know what to do next? I said, because we were on course before he died, so we just stayed on course. We didn't look for a different course when he left. And I said, that didn't begin with us. It began with Dad Hagen, where God told us to hook up with. We paid attention to what course he had us on. And then when Dad Hagen wasn't here anymore, we, ought, we didn't have to go find the course because our spiritual father taught us the course, demonstrated the course, and imparted to us for the course. So we weren't floundering when Dad Hagen left. We didn't have to go, what next? We knew... We weren't hooked up with him for 30-something years to unhook with the flow. Amen. It's the same thing when my husband left. I wasn't looking, what do I do next? I know what to do next. That's why God had me with those that spoke in my life, so I would know what to do next when they weren't here. There's going to be a time. That you're going to need to know what to do next. Maybe it's in the middle of the night when your baby's sick. How are you going to know what to do next? Did you listen to the one God hooked you up to and draw on that? Draw on that. Don't go looking for somebody else. Just draw on what God put into you through the, the place God told you to be hooked up at. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It's these, this is, these are truths, foundational truths that really a lot of people don't recognize their importance. And they, they suffer needlessly. Matthew 9 verse 35, when it talks about the multitudes came to Jesus and it says he healed their sick. And then he was moved with compassion on them because they were sheep having no shepherd. And recognized that they were scattered, they were fainting as sheep without a shepherd. Notice the condition of them when they came to him. They're sick. If they would have had a shepherd, they could have been spared. The scattering that Jesus saw in their lives, they could have been, sca- uh, they could have been spared uh, all the hard, unnecessary things that are inflicted just by not knowing where to be. Well, praise the Lord. Thank God for the help that comes to us through divine connections. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. 
We thank you. You remember uh, Elijah at the direction of God. He prayed and uh, there came a famine in the land. And God told him, go dwell by the brook Cherith. And twice a day, the ravens brought him food. He was fed and he drank of the brook. Then one day that brook dried up. When it dried up, he didn't just say, well, I'm going to just stay here. He put up his spiritual antenna. What next? God said, there is a widow that I have commanded in Zarephath that I have commanded to take care of you. So he travels to that city and finds her as soon as he walks in. And brother, I wonder if he thought she was wealthy when he heard that at Cherith. Oh, she's, she set up. But he got there, she's picking up sticks. Is this the one? Mm, that's the one. Picking up sticks. What is that? Scraps that were left in the city. She's living off scraps. But yet, she's the one God commanded. So he sees her and he says, Go bring me a drink of water. So she goes to do that. She's on her way, and then he calls after her saying, bring me a cake, a meal, too. Cook up basically some bread up and bring it to me. And then she stops, and she argues. Why? Water back then is a public resource. Her bread's a private resource. It's going to be personal now. She said, no, 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 I got plans for that. Now, she's arguing with him. Now, the prophet could have thought, I thought you said you commanded her. She acted like she don't know nothing about this. <laughs> there are things God has commanded of your life that you won't even recognize until you get under the divine connection that will help you recognize, define, and walk out. Because he told her, if you'll just do, honey, if you'll just do, if you'll just do what I say, there will be enough for you, your son, and y'all will eat. There will be supernatural provision. Amen. Because he helped her to recognize what God expected of her life. He, didn't, he did not give her the command. He helped her to recognize and identify what God had already commanded her. Amen. Praise the Lord. Her miracle was connected to who God told her to be around. Those who need miracles, sometimes you have to go back and say, where has God told me to be? What has God, who has God told me to hook up with? Now I'm not because I'm not just talking about immediate. You're going to need you're going to need to be positioned for miracles for the rest of your life, because everything God tells us to do is impossible. 
It's going for every, God tells you start that business, impossible. You don't have the resources. That's why he got in on it. Because he knows he, you need his, his ability. Amen. So I'm not just talking about an immediate miracle. I'm saying the miracles for the rest of your life are connected to where God told you to be. And I'm going to say what God said to Dad Hagen. And if you don't have, if they don't have a pastor, that's their problem. That's their problem. Not that's their problem. That's their problem. That is the problem. Amen. So, the, you know, many times people haven't been taught this. They haven't heard it. But thank God we're learning. Why? Because when you're where God told you, told you to be, there's going to be things waiting on your arrival. When God told Abraham, go to a certain mountain, take your son, go offer him as a sacrifice. There would have been mountains closer. This was a three-day trip. He didn't just say, why don't I just go to the local mountain? Why don't I just go to the church just down the road? Just go to the place where he told you to be. Why? Because when he got there, there was a ram waiting, already tied up. But if he had just gone to the nearest mountain, no ram, dead son. There would not have been the provision. Because you hear he heard from God when he went to the place God told him to be. The angel stopped him. Stop. Now, I, now God knows that you will obey him. You see. But if he hadn't gone to the right place where God told him to be, he wouldn't have heard the next thing he was to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for his gifts to the body. We need them. Amen. I said we need them. Well, stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. And if I could say this, if I could say this to a minister, every minister, not just every minister here, who speaks into your life? Everyone needs somebody. Amen. I said everyone needs somebody. Now, there came a time right before my husband went home to be with the Lord. Dad Hagen went home to be with the Lord in 2003. And Ed said to God, he said, God, where do I hook up next? And God said this, now you become the father. You start making footprints for others to walk in. So there comes a time when we have received what we need to receive to occupy the place that God has for us. But until most, every member of the body just needs to find a place until God, because that's, all sheep are always going to need a pastor. There's never a time that we outgrow the need for that. Amen. Just be where God told you to be and don't decide that somebody isn't in the right place just because God didn't tell you to be there. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you tonight. We thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes our miracle begins just by hearing something to adjust. Right? You know, 
the, the one thing that I so appreciate about God, He doesn't want us to lose anything we receive from Him. We don't, he doesn't want it stolen from us because the devil's a thief. He'll try, he's trying to steal from you everything God's ever blessed you with. Absolutely, he, the devil is. And God will help us to know and follow, uh, know what his instruction is to us so something isn't stolen from us. And so many times people's miracle begins just by making a correction, hearing, wait a minute, let me double check. What did God tell me to do? Where did God tell me to be? Where did he tell me to hook up? Well, I just, you know, I just, I just sit at home and, and watch things. Well, that's, that's fine if you're unable to leave the house. God will recognize and bring help through different ways. But, I mean, I don't know. The man carried by four wasn't able to leave the house. And he still got to where he needed to be. <laughs> Amen. Because sometimes our miracles just begin with making an adjustment making a correction because if we receive a miracle and don't make a correction the devil can steal things from us remember what the woman with the issue of blood Jesus said to her he said go in peace and be whole of thy plague what's he telling her he's telling her how to keep it don't leave peace don't leave peace you leave peace the devil will steal your health from you remember the man at the pool of Bethesda take up your bed and walk and he did Jesus found him later in the temple and said go and sin no more lest the worst thing come up come on you. What's he saying? He's telling him how to keep what he received. I'm telling you tonight how to keep what you receive. This is another way to keep what we receive. Be where God told us to be. Hooked up where God told us to be. Hooked up and receiving impartations through the preaching, through the ministering, through the teaching. Amen. Hallelujah. If I could, uh, I'll let somebody come and remove this for me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Congregation, let's just raise up our hands and worship the Lord tonight. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the precious supply that you have for our life. Father, the supply you have for us is not just a, a financial supply. But spiritual, you have spiritual supplies for our lives. We recognize that. We thank you for that. We honor those supplies. And we'll not let offense separate us from those supplies. We'll not let our own plans separate us from where you told us to be. We thank you, Father. We thank you that we have divine help. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.